0: Father in heaven, we come before thee this evening in the precious name of Jesus, that hope of earth and joy of heaven. Lord, once more we would turn our hearts towards thee and to your precious word, and we pray that you would speak to each one of us, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I almost didn't make it to camp. It wasn't anything that happened on the way here, and it wasn't anything that happened the days and weeks before camp. It was actually something that happened more than 40 years ago. The Lord reminded me of it about a week ago, and I'd like to share that with you tonight. I don't remember exactly how old I was, I was probably around nine or ten years old. What I do remember very clearly is that I didn't know how to swim. It was a hot summer day, I remember. My dad took myself and some of my siblings to a small lake just outside of our city. It wasn't a huge lake, um, the kind that you'd find at a recreation Um, uh, like an RV park. And we went there to go swimming and just to enjoy ourselves. And the time came to go home. And my dad asked me to go call some of my siblings that had been swimming on another part of the lake. And the lake was kind of L-shaped, And I didn't know how to swim, and I didn't really want to walk all the way around the outside of the lake to get to them. And so on this one wing sort of of the lake, I just thought I would just walk across that section and go and call them. And so I stepped into the water, and one step at a time, the water got deeper. And I don't know exactly what was going through my childhood mind while that was going on. But step by step, the water got deeper. My ankles, my knees. And I remember it to this day. The water, right around the midpoint of that part of the lake where I was trying to get across, was up to my neck, up to my chin. And then I took one more step. And I went under, gasping for breath, arms flailing, and, and, and I was drowning. Thank God there was someone that was watching all of this on the shore, alerted my dad, who moments later came to my rescue and pulled me out just in time. On the way home, we, we drove by a cemetery and someone just casually commented that I almost ended up there that day. But thank God that's not what happened. God had other plans in mind for me. But as I recalled that scary experience that I made so many years ago, I couldn't help but think that in coming here to camp that what happened there was in very many ways the same thing that is happening to many of our young people, our teens, and those of you that aren't converted yet, maybe has been happening in your life prior to you coming here to camp and and maybe some of that struggle is still going on and, and it will continue when you leave. And I have to ask myself the question, what was the wrong step that I took when I proceeded to cross that part of that small lake? Was it the first step into the water or was it the last step when the bottom fell out and I started to drown. The truth is that it was both of those and every step in between because I should have never taken that first step. And after I did, I should have turned around, but I didn't. And when my last chance to turn around, when it was up to my neck, up to my chin... When I refused at that point, thinking that maybe, I don't know what I was thinking, that perhaps from there on it was going to get shallow again. But then it became too late for me to turn around. And it took my father to come and to rescue me at that point. I'd like to read just two verses from Proverbs chapter 4. Young people, listen to this closely. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not into the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. You don't have to experience drowning to know that it will kill you. You don't have to experience sin to know that it will take you to hell. And our hearts go out. Tonight, once again, as all week long we've talked about turning to the Lord, especially to, to those of you that are young people, and I want to speak first of all to you and lay this on your heart and I'd like to use that, that experience that I made more than 40 years ago to illustrate perhaps what's happening in your life, what's been happening, what's happening now, and what very likely will continue to happen until you decide to turn your life into the Lord. It's safe on the shore. If you stay on the shore, there's no way that you can drown. And there is a special blessing for those that choose to heed the advice that their parents give, that the preacher gives, that the Bible gives, that this, these two verses have given, and choose not to go that way, not to experience what the Bible says will hurt you, and kill you, and separate you from God for eternity. And like the songwriter says, blessed is he and rich will he be, who from early youth has found in his Savior salvation and truth, who hasn't had to taste of what the world has to offer. And what the world offers is waters that... Start out shallow, but end up deep. And the deeper you go, the harder it becomes to get back. It starts out easy. Instead of walking on the shore, you just want to put your toe in the water. Just feel the temperature. Just play with it a little bit. And for many, that starts in early adolescence. And it did for me and, and for many that are here. And even though I gave my life to the Lord, I know that I was toying with my toes, so to speak, in the water, just taking a few little steps close to shore. And it can start in small ways, in easy ways, challenging our parents, maybe having a, a lousy attitude, asking them, Why not? What's wrong with it? Telling them, all of my friends are doing it. Why can't I? Why do you have to be so strict? But it doesn't stop there. And as we take a few more steps and and the water starts to rise past our ankles, things slowly begin to change. We stop telling them, where we're going. Or if we do, it may not necessarily be the truth. Or we don't tell them where we've been, or who we're with, or what we did. Can progress slowly, maybe skipping a few classes at school, hooking up with the wrong friends, hanging with the wrong crowd. Bit by bit, the water gets deeper. Before you know it, it's up to your knees. It's getting close to your waist. And you find yourself running with the wrong crowd, experimenting with things that you know, that you've always known, could hurt you. But you think for yourself it will be different, that that you won't let those bad things happen and you just want to taste a little bit of the world you just want to find out for yourself and then you'll turn to the Lord but so easily one thing leads to another and before you know it you're getting deeper and deeper and it gets harder and harder to say no can be all kinds of things, experimenting with substances, drugs, alcohol, things that can hurt you, getting into relationships that start out just as a friendship. And before you know it, it's, it's going deeper. And before long, you find yourself up to your neck. And things are getting serious. Maybe what once was a little bit, now is a lot. Maybe what once was just experimenting, now you're dealing it. And that relationship that was just a friendship has dragged you into something that is much more serious. And passion and lust begin taking over. And you're just inches away from going all the way. And it's only a short distance more. Bit by bit, it's a slow fade when you give your heart away. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. When flattery leads to compromise, the end is always near. Be careful, little lips, what you say. For empty words and promises lead broken hearts astray. The journey from your mind to your hands is shorter than your thinking. Be careful if you think you stand. You just might be sinking. It's a slow fade when you give when you give yourself away bit by bit and before you know it you're only one step away from going under from drowning and sadly for some that's what it takes And even sadder for some, they do drown. And they never, they never recover. And that's exactly where Satan wants to take you just one step more. And then he knows that he has you. What once was fun now becomes a yoke that is too hard to carry, an addiction that you can't break, destroying your body, destroying your mind, destroying your future, and you begin to drown. The good news is that there is a father that is watching, There's a father that is there, and he wants, he wants to rescue you. And wherever you find yourself, young people today, if you don't know the Lord, wherever you find yourself right now, wherever you were before you came to camp, and wherever you'll be when you leave here from camp, know this, that there is a father in heaven who wants to rescue you, that wants to pull you back, You've got a choice to make. Have a look up here. There's a road here that's very clearly marked. And if you look closely, you will see that there are two sides to that road. In the one direction, there's light. Light that gets brighter. In the other direction, there is darkness. And tonight, before you leave tonight, young people, Without Christ, you need to make a choice. Which side of the road are you going to go on when you leave tonight, when you leave and go back home? Are you going to choose to go deeper into the waters of this world, deeper into darkness? Or are you going to choose the light and turn to the Lord? before it's too late or before it's too hard or before you can't find your way back. That's the choice that God is offering and giving to you tonight. And I hope and pray that you can make a wise choice. But know this, that on that road, even though Satan may want you to believe that there are signs that say, no, you turn. God doesn't put them there. And if you chose to go into the darkness, you can turn around. And even if you choose to walk towards the light, you can turn around. Just don't let Satan, whom the Bible says is the God of this world, blind your mind into not believing in that glorious gospel that can save you. In Christ's stead, we beg you once again, turn to the Lord. Turn to God in repentance. Put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ. Make him your Savior. Make him your Lord. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins And that as you turn to God in repentance, He will save you. He will give you that peace. He will place your feet on solid ground. And you will know where you are going. And you will know that you are safe and saved. And that you will be on a road that leads to heaven. I hope you make that choice tonight. Many of us have. And I don't think any of us regret it. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard. That wasn't the only close call that I've had in my life. I'm sure that I've had many others, some that are known to me and others that are not. God only knows how many times the angel of the Lord encamped around me and delivered me. And I expect that one day when I get to heaven, a few of them might tap me on the shoulder and, and let me know that they saved my life. And one of those happened just a little bit short of four years ago. Went to Michigan to pick up some three cars that we had purchased. There was four of us in the car. We did the transaction, crossed the border in Sarnia, We're heading out of Sarnia towards London on the 403. And as has often happened to me, and I'm sure has happened to many of you, you get tired. Your eyes begin to maybe to blink, and and you know you're getting tired. You really should stop. You really should do something. And this time, I fell asleep. And while I was asleep... The car that I was driving crossed through the lanes, into, through the, the markers on the side of the road, down into the medium. Thank God the medium was, was relatively smooth and just flat grass. And in that instant, I woke up. And once again, thank God I didn't, didn't react in the wrong way, traveling over 100 kilometers an hour. I just got off the gas, just gently steered it back up to the highway and back through some other markers and back onto the road. And all of that, I'm sure, to the horror of those in my family that were watching the whole thing happen. And undoubtedly, that was the hand of the Lord watching over me, because that could have been disastrous. Just a short way down the road, the median looked very different, and I couldn't help but think how, how disastrous it would have been had I made that experience at that point. But thank God I didn't. And that experience also reminds me of the experience that so many of us as God's children make, and one of which the Bible itself even warns us that we too can become sleepy. Our eyes can become heavy and, and just like that parable of the, the ten virgins, those, those foolish ones that, that fell asleep and let the oil in their lamp run out. And the Bible warns the Christian that, that we need to, to watch and pray so that we don't enter into temptation. The Bible warns us that we need to be careful that that the things that we have learned and received, that we wouldn't wouldn't let them slip. Let me read to you from the book of Hebrews. Therefore, chapter 2, verse 1, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Another translation renders this, lest we drift away. Kind of like drifting on the highway when we're, we're traveling along a highway, maybe like the one that we see here. And we get tired, and, and before you know it, we, we drift into the next lane, cross that line. Or drift to the right, maybe, and towards the, the guardrail, or, or just towards the shoulder. And, and, and it's a great thing that so many highways now have those, those bumps along the edge, that if you drift that way, you get this noise, and it, it gets you back awake. But it's so easy, brothers and sisters, for us to, to drift in our lives. To let things slip in our lives. And it comes subtly, it comes easily, and often it comes before we even know it. And James says in chapter 3 that, that in many things we all make mistakes, we offend all. We all mess up, we all, we all drift This way or that way. And we need to make those small corrections just like we do when we drive down a highway. And it happens to you and it happens to me and even like it says there in James and like we heard this week, how easily we can have a slip of the tongue and have something that that we need to turn from and turn back to the Lord. And it's so easy in the busyness of our lives to to let things slip, the important things to slip, our relationship with the Lord, the time we spend in his word, the time we spend in prayer, in fellowship with believers, those things can so easily slip in our lives. And we find ourselves drifting to this side or to that side. And we need to encourage one another so that we would stay and make those small corrections and stay in the middle of the road. Children, we heard it, the men's choir sang it, children, keep in the middle of the road. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Keep in the middle of the road. This same chapter in Proverbs tells us Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Look, let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. This is a warning for us. This is an admonition, an encouragement for us to keep in the middle of the road. Stay alert. Stay awake. Watch out for those things that can so easily distract you and cause you to drift, cause you to stray, cause you to slip in your relationship with the Lord. And we know the dangers out there. We've heard about them. And this week we've been encouraged to, to ask God to search our hearts and to know us and to see if there is any wicked way in us, something that is displeasing to him. And we know how easily we can get caught up in, in, in that, the very things that this world has to offer that can cause us to drift. Maybe into the shoulder. Maybe into the medium. Maybe into a place that could become disastrous for us. And we've been warned and we continually warn against the the dangers of the media and, and especially the internet. And we know, we know the dangers out there. And it is a net that can so easily entangle you. It is a web that can just that just can can take your time and lead you into places that you don't want to go, that you shouldn't go, that God doesn't want to go, and that often can ensnare you and make life more and more difficult. And God is warning us and God is asking us that we should give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard this week in the past, those things that we know, so that we wouldn't drift, so that we wouldn't stray from the path that God wants you and I to stay on. And if I can just, as Brother Joe talked about, standing on the the soapbox of, of, of media or of television... And I commend him for for being able to keep it out of his home, but I think it's even more commendable if you can have it in your home and you can control what you watch. And you need to do that, brothers and sisters. We need to do that. PG for us means probably garbage. Garbage. I'm disturbed at times when I hear about the kinds of things that some are choosing to watch. That's not just drifting a little bit. That's just not a little slip. You're in a medium where there's rocks and ditches. And if you aren't going into the media, maybe you're going up against the guardrail, and the guardrail is there for a reason, because as you can see in this rendering here, the guardrail is there in a bend in the road, because there's danger if you lose control in the bend of the road, especially if there's a crevice or a cliff on the other side of that guardrail. And you and I, we need guardrails in our lives. And God's word is a guardrail for us when it tells us that we should set no evil thing before us. And since when did it become okay to go to the movies? Years ago, that wasn't even in question. Everybody knew that Believers don't go to the theater. They don't go to the movies. And since when has Hollywood raised the bar high enough that the things that they offer are worth our time or our money? And I know that some of you might want to take me to task on that. And you can call it a liberty, and probably it is one. One. But I want to challenge you this evening. Brothers and sisters, it's time to raise the bar because Hollywood sure isn't going to do it for us. And you might, you might argue that it's better to watch a good movie in the theater than a bad one at home, and that may be true. True. but I'd like to challenge you tonight that if they do produce something that is worth your time and money, it's worth your while to exercise a little patience and make sure it's the right thing for you to watch, and then watch it in your home where you're controlling the off button, and you're not in a place where it's too awkward to walk out because you know you shouldn't be there. It's time to raise the bar, because there's dangers. There's dangers out there. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings. Be careful, little feet, where you go, for it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, and a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day, daddies never crumble. In a day. Families never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. When you decide to let things slip. When you decide that drifting a little bit isn't going to hurt you. It can hurt you big time. I'd like to share a quote with you. Perhaps the other brother, Werner, has said it. Maybe he knew it. It's not a quote from me, but I'd like to share it with you. And it simply goes like this. What parents allow in moderation, children will excuse in excess. Let me repeat that once again. What parents allow in moderation, children will excuse in excess. I need to sound another trumpet, one that concerns me. And this is an area that we need to raise the bar. And I understand that I'm speaking at, at Eastern camp and not at a Baptist convention. And what I'm talking about right now is what we do with alcohol. About four or five years ago, a survey was taken here at camp of the youth. And among many questions, one of them was, have you ever been drunk? Converted and unconverted youth. Almost 20% converted youth answered yes. There wasn't a question about lying, but had there been, Maybe that number would be higher. I think it's higher anyways. If only half of some of the things I hear are true, there's great cause for alarm. And it's time that we take this a little bit more seriously. And I know that that many of us will be quick to, to, to go to that scripture in In Timothy, where it talks about a little wine being being good for the stomach's sake. Let me remind you that that was written to Timothy and obviously was addressing a particular issue. And while I can't stand here and tell you authoritatively that the Bible forbids us as believers to drink alcohol, I can stand here and tell you authoritatively that the Bible warns all of us that this is an area that we need to be very careful about. Wine is a mocker, in Proverbs 20. Strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of the eyes? These are all questions. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Brothers and sisters, I want to sound a trumpet loud and clear. This is not a place, this is not an area that we can afford to drift in that we can afford to slip in. And if you haven't seen somebody's life shattered by alcohol, if you don't know a family that has been torn by it, I suggest that you go find one so that it helps you change your attitude about it. We cannot, we cannot take this lightly. And it is something that I want to challenge right now our young people, brothers and sisters, the youth, that you raise the bar in this area. Challenge you to to a higher standard and that you wouldn't take this as lightly as you have perhaps and as I know some of you have. I want you to see the danger. Underline that word, little, in Timothy, if you choose to drink anything at all. I want to challenge you tonight that you raise the bar and recognize the danger for those that are following and also for those that are traveling with you. Would you take the challenge that when you, our youth, our young people, when you go out, that you will make that alcohol free? That when you're in a restaurant, when you're in some place out in public, that nobody will order something alcoholic to drink? Will you take that challenge? Will you take the challenge, and this is not just for young people, but for older ones as well, for everyone, that if you choose, and you don't have to choose to drink a little bit of alcohol or any alcohol, and if you don't drink anything... You can be guaranteed that you will never have a problem with it. And you could be guaranteed that your family won't have a problem with it. But if you choose to drink, will you make sure that it's a little? Will you make sure that it's not more than one? Will you take that challenge? Are you willing to raise the bar in that area of your life? And make it only one. This is serious. And I think we need to take it more seriously. Because there's a road that you and I are traveling on, a road that looks very much like this one. And we are to be, the Bible says, the children of light. And we are not to walk in darkness anymore. And God is looking to us to be the light of the world. I could have focused perhaps this evening on other things that can distract us, that can cause us to drift, that can be ways in which we slip in our Christian walk. And you know what they are in your life, just the way that I do in mine. And we really need to ask God to search our hearts and to find out if there is anything that's wicked, displeasing in his sight. Ask him to show us where we perhaps need to raise the bar He's waiting for us to come to him. And just like the testimony that we heard the other night, that we would give our life to Jesus so that we can come home, so that we can make it safely home as we travel down that highway and be able to make it home into the Father's presence. And tonight, once again, the Lord is calling those that are unconverted that you would turn to the Lord, that you would choose the way of light, that you would open your heart's door because indeed, Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking. And if you will open the door and let him in, He will come in, and he'll make you a new person. And all of those things that have messed up your life, he can take them all away. And he can make you into what God wants you to be. And God will wrap his arms around you. It won't be too much for him to love you as he found you. It may seem like you're too far gone, But he loves you like his only son. And he will come. He will come. So come and bring your guilt, your shame. Leave it there. If you're willing, he is willing. Brother and sister, for all the failures that you and I have, God is also calling and asking us to return to him. And to recognize that. And he's saying to us once again this week that if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven will heal their land and forgive their sins. And he is inviting tonight. All of us to come to him. All of us that are weak and heavy laden. Cast your cares upon the Lord. He will care for you. He wants to take that burden from you. And he wants to set your feet on a path or right path towards that heavenly home and he will receive you into those heavenly mansions. Amen.
1: Let's bow our hearts and our heads for prayer. O Lord, we come before you. And we need to confess our faults, our failures, and our sins. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a bright light and has shined into our hearts, even the dark and hidden places, the places where we don't want anyone else to see. We thank you, Lord, that the light of your word shines even into those places. We pray, Lord, that we would stop hiding, turn and turn unto Thee. We pray, Lord, for forgiveness. We thank You for Your Word and what has been illuminated to us. We pray for forgiveness where we have exposed ourselves to the wickedness and set it before our eyes in the name of entertainment. Or art. Forgive us, Lord, for this. We pray, Lord, where we have consumed and taken in things into our body which displease you in the name of liberty, in the name of enjoyment, entitlement. We know, Lord, and confess that the heart, even as your prophet has said, is desperately wicked who can know it forgive us for endlessly justifying ourselves we pray heavenly father forgive us for self righteousness maybe there was something maybe we're clean from the things that were specifically mentioned this evening forgive us for self for feeling self righteous as your light has shined into our hearts may we see what you see, Lord, and that we would turn from it and in the power of your Holy Spirit allow us, allow you to change us, to cleanse us, and set our feet on the right way to live for you and for you alone. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.